Hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South Podcast. It is Wednesday, March 21st. I am Connor O'Gara. He is Chris Marler. Chris, my goodness. So a little peek behind the curtain here. We're recording this at 8 o'clock on a Tuesday night. And basically like 20 minutes before this, everything Alabama happened. And Alabama's first day of spring of spring camp was <laughs> wow. memorable. Memorable to say the least. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa, of course, has an injured thumb that basically set Tuscaloosa on fire. The thumb heard around the world. My goodness, um, yeah, this is this is pretty newsworthy, I would say, even though it is just a thumb injury in spring. It is arguably maybe the most important thumb in America. Yeah, this is why we can't have nice things, Connor. Like national titles and all yeah, that stuff. Yeah, we can't have any of these things. I'm, I'm sitting here, just get done recording the Facebook Live Happy Hour edition. We do every Tuesday on Facebook. Shameless plug. Um, and then I'm, I'm just sitting down to a nice little dinner, ordered some pho, spelled P-H-O, whatever that is. Try it for the first time. Faux. I think it's, it's faux. It's pho. My girlfriend's pho. from L.A. Trust me, I thought it was okay. faux too. And I was right. quickly corrected. Okay. Um, that being said... So we're sitting here, and, and I just, the, the, you know, again, peek behind the curtain. I get a little text, and a little text of me, you, and Kevin, our, our boss, and he was like, yeah, so obviously we're going to open up with the Tua thing, the Tua injury, and I was like, I'm sorry, what happened? I'm just in a delightful, a delightful uh, mood right now because I have The Rock and Kevin Hart being hilarious AF in the Jumanji thing, and then my entire world comes crashing down. Yeah, so for those of you who are new listeners, new to the SDS podcast, thank you very much for listening to us for the first time. Um, I should probably preface that Chris is our pretty big Alabama fan, so this news is impacting him uh, just a little bit more than the average person. But this a lot is of exactly holes in what the wall. expect. <laughs> so, you know, we don't know the extent of this injury. ESPN's Alex Scarborough reported that uh, Nick Saban said um, that that Tungvaloa hurt his hit some in practice. He's going to be taken to Birmingham to be evaluated. Uh, and Saban said that he's probably going to require some time for him to get back uh, and that he wasn't going to speculate what the injury might be. So in other words, like, I don't want to look too far into this before we have a timetable, but it's spring. Like, he's probably not going to be back for spring just throwing a football because Probably the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Here's, oh, here's my take on this. Hot take, if you will. Fire, ready for it. Fire, you ready for this? All right. Um, this is the best thing that could have happened because Jalen Hurts. Now I don't have to listen to this this stupid back and forth that's gonna happen all or he's gonna happen all spring. That's this gonna be the only storyline of spring is Tua versus Jalen. Who's gonna start? Blah 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 blah. And I have to hear all these hot takes on message boards and all these other pundits and that pencil Paul Feinbaum talking on ESPN every day. He looks like a pencil. We've talked about this. Shout out to our boy, Paul. <laughs> Shout out to our number two pencil, our boy, Paul. Paul. Um, so this is the best thing that could have happened because now Jalen can probably be, you know, can, the competition would have been good for him, I think. But at the same time, he won't have to hear this in his ear every single day, maybe not press. He'll get more reps. The only way this is a bad thing is if it's a serious injury, one. And two, all right, little little uh, conspiracy theory here. I don't know if you've seen the movie I, Tanya. I haven't yet. I'm really upset that I haven't. It's That's not, a different topic for a different It's going to be but. super depressing when you do see it, just a heads up. Um, what if Jalen is behind all this? No, no, I'm just saying. No, no. no it wouldn't no. happen. But I'm just saying, that'd be the only way this could be a bad thing. He he um, he clubbed his thumb. Yeah, that's that's probably what happened. I have an alternate uh, conspiracy theory here. Um, what if this is just Saban's way of trying to avoid all of that aforementioned yeah. questioning? And you know what? We don't have to make it like a serious body part. We don't want to have it be a knee. We don't right. want to have it be like a shoulder <laughs> yeah. injury. Let's just make it your thumb. Sorry, I you promise know thumb wars for spring. Sorry. You can work out in private. We can get all your reps and all that stuff. But let's just like, let's let's put this on the back burner because yeah. I'm already sick of dealing it's with these questions. probably his right thumb. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I have a, I'd like to believe that maybe Saban's just pulling a fast one on us. But, um, no, in all likelihood, I mean, this is... You know, he's, it's a thumb. He's going to be able to come back from this. Yeah. What do you do to rehab a thumb? Like, I'm, I'm double-jointed in my thumb so I can do what does thumb that mean? exercises. Oh, gross. Oh, yeah, I know. Oh, I'm doing stop. this on FaceTime to you right oh. now. It's insane what I can do with my thumb. Fun that's fact. a weird thing to say it like that, yeah. Um, that's, I, that's my I Tinder bio. What, <laughs> I don't know what you do to rehab a thumb. Uh, if it is a serious injury, though, I mean, this is, you know, Alabama's obviously going to take its time with 
with Tua, they're not going to yeah. rush him back. And what because can, you have I mean, Jalen Hurts. What the season will just be for nothing if if two is gone. I don't know what could happen. Like fresh off that eleven and one finish we had with oh, with Jalen. What a tough day. So the interesting thing is that news comes out right around the same time uh, that other news comes out. Uh, Gardner Minshew, the graduate transfer quarterback from East Carolina, who was looking like he was going to be transferring to Alabama. That was what what was reported. Apparently he's not going to Alabama. He's going to Washington State instead, which... We can't even um, win, like, graduate transfer recruiting titles anymore. This is pathetic. Yeah, so this was, like, kind of out of left field because apparently he wanted to learn from Saban as, as a great coach, and he wasn't necessarily transferring to Alabama to play. Um, our own uh, Michael Bratton was the one who, who reported that that, like, that was kind of the motivation behind this move and that obviously he wasn't going there thinking he was just going to be the starter because if you're a graduate transfer, why would you go somewhere to sit on the bench because obviously he's not going to play at Alabama. Right. So now he gets to go all the way up to, uh, to Washington to learn with Mike Leach instead of Nick Saban. Interesting move on his part. Love but it. What it does for Alabama now is all of a sudden that quarterback room is looking empty. Um, Mac got, Jones is sitting in we there. We got Mac Jones. He's cool. He's doing uh, stuff. He was a four-star. Yeah, I'm not sure Saban trusts him too much after the DUI back in November. He got a DUI? Yeah, that was right before the LSU game. Yeah. So that's that's <sighs> another right, reason why, why Saban was probably... Yeah, sorry about that. So that's another reason why Saban was probably going after the graduate transfer market pretty hard. And... You know, some things can still play out, and you know, these as coaches like to say, these things have a have a tendency to work themselves out. It wouldn't be stunning to see somebody else maybe make that move, and somehow Alabama's going to wind up with another quarterback on its roster, especially after this Tua stuff happened. Yeah, we got Jay Barker's son coming in. I think I still have a year of eligibility left, but I did technically graduate like 2010 or something like that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you might be a little bit washed up. What do you mean a little bit? First off, I don't appreciate that at all. You support my dreams. We're partners in this. This is true. This is true. I should be a little bit more supportive of your athletic prowess, seeing as how you cheated on the 40-yard dash. It was a 60-yard dash. That thing was ridiculous. Thing's really. You have any idea how long 60 yards is? Um, I didn't cheat. I wore lighter shoes. 180 feet? 180 feet, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. Regardless, I, I didn't cheat. I wore lighter shoes that I wouldn't have worn in a baseball game. So, yeah, you cheated. Performance-enhancing drugs. Um, so that's not even the half of it. Without, well, I guess that is kind of Dude, the half of it with Alabama. Performance-enhancing so drugs. I just had to throw that out there. I had to throw that out there. That was good. Go not ahead. a real thing. Um, so that's not even maybe the most interesting thing that came out of, of Alabama's first day of, of camp. Okay, it probably is. But in terms of um, what we like to talk about on this show... Saban had a little quote where he was asked about um, Butch Jones's role with the team, and Saban said that Butch Jones is an intern. That is the only thing that turned my day around. <laughs> so you heard it from from Saban himself. Butch Jones is his intern. First word he used. Analyst. First word he yeah. used. He's he said an intern. intern before analyst. And then so, he called him an analyst. So I think for. Every single time that Butch Jones is addressed on this here podcast, he is referred to as an intern and nothing else. Yeah, that's fine. I'm fine with that. Or we just don't refer to him at all. That'd be cool. No, I think we need to refer to him every episode. That's basically what we're I just, I'm just, it, it's all, it's all happening. And it's just hilarious that it hasn't been addressed by Saban until now. And then today oh, he, he acts like he's annoyed by it. Like, oh, you're, you're annoyed by it, coach? Because all of us are sitting here living this nightmare play out for three weeks of one of our most hated rivals, former coach who's only famous because he was Oscar the Grouch in a damn garbage can, and now he's apparently just wandering the streets of Tuscaloosa looking for employment. Yeah, I gave him like $2.85 outside of the Waffle House downtown on the Strip like last week, and next thing I know, he's in Bama gear on the sidelines. You're annoyed? And then he called him an intern. Everything was fine. It was great. Oh, that's such a power trip. I love that. <laughs> a lot of rants oh, today. A lot of rants from me. Saban calling Butch Jones an intern is among like the most fitting things I've I've ever heard come out of his mouth. Yeah, that I I can't like I, I'm not gonna forget that, and we really do need to be so listeners. Please be um, you know police us if we're if we ever slip a little Butch Jones reference in there and don't refer to him as intern Butch yeah. Jones. Um, let us know about it, please. Uh, tweet at us. Let us know that we're not. We we need. We're all about titles, and we need to stick to his title. Speaking of titles, uh, I, I want to give you a shout out. 
real quick. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And it's a little pat on, our, on my back. It's a little pat on your back. It's you a little pat on pat our on my back, back. But it's mainly a pat on the back of our listeners that you just mentioned. want to say thank you real quick. Because this week, we moved up in the rankings. We're not, we're not number one yet. We're not in the top yet. five. Right? I don't know what our FPI is on ESPN. I do know that in the top 200 of sports podcasts in the world, your boys jumped up 100 spots this week to number we 36. To number, we got up to number 36. I, I don't know um, if I can name a number 36, somebody who wore the number 36 Chris jersey. Chris Oh, that's okay. It's a right. linebacker at Alabama. It's like, he never really did much. He was, that's all yeah, I got. Yeah, that's just a random person. <laughs> Um, so sick brag for us. Yeah. Um, thank you guys for for doing that. You guys are a big part of that. Um, but they are getting, they are the only part of that. So yeah, they are like, the yeah. only part. It's definitely not us. <laughs> Absolutely not us. Um, unless we're just going in there and clicking five star review, five star review, right. five star review. Um, promise we're not doing that. Yeah, we can't do that. iTunes is no, cheating work that way. That's that's PEDs in the podcast world. That's for right. Those of you who don't know. Um, so the other last little tidbit that came out of Alabama's camp today. Um, <laughs> National championship hero Devonta Smith is working out with the cornerbacks and not the receivers. So, yeah, Alabama's offense is going through what I'd say is We're going a through some stuff right now, all right, Connor? We're going through some things. Yeah, you catch a national you catch a touchdown pass to win the national championship. He had like what, 12 catches the whole season? Yeah, my theory is that I think he had it was like nine, maybe he had like nine before that game or, or something. It was less than one catch a game. It right. Was, it was a very minimal role. Jalen Hurts <laughs> didn't exactly look his way very often. Right. Um, but here he made you know one of the biggest plays in Alabama history. My theory is that he um, he's probably rewatched that play so much and he knows what a cornerback shouldn't do. Yeah, and what an over-the-top <laughs> safety shouldn't do, um, so that he now just knows the position so well, and he knows exactly what to do. I hope we're just just slowly trolling Georgia fans because I got it. I got a text from a Georgia fan today that was a picture of the punt that they blocked and said, "Just a reminder that he was still on sides," and I was like, "Just a reminder that's not going to be etched into our trophy that we won." That being said, oh, I would <laughs> hopefully just like a slow burn to them to being like. Oh yeah, by the way, this is how you successfully run a corner two and and get over to the effing boundary. Speaking of Georgia, Georgia also opened camp today with Ugh. a little bit less of, of pretty headlines, nervous. big time news than than what Alabama did, but you know, Georgia comes into this season as is such an intriguing team in my opinion in this this year 3 of the Kirby Smart era and it, what kind of feels like year 2 of what many people are considering this this new Georgia dynasty potentially and Alabama East and all, all that stuff. But, you know, we talk a lot about the quarterbacks of Alabama and, of, of course, the, the quarterback battle that everybody's going to have their eye on in Athens is Justin Fields and Jake Fromm. And, you know, we didn't see Jake Fromm or Justin Fields go out with a thumb injury today. So that was progress, I guess, for Kirby Smart. Um, but what I want to know is, like, should this even be considered a, a battle, per se? I know that's how it's going to be labeled, because if you're the number one duel for a quarterback in the country, and you come in and you expect to start right away, I get all that. But, like, is this is this really a battle, in your opinion? I, so it's weird, because, like, me, me, like, being, a, like, trying to be a logical person, just in general, when I see this, I'm like, yeah, right, dude. Like, Jake Fromm is an incredible quarterback. He, I mean... He is a great arm. He was a five-star himself. Great arm. Like, you know, took Georgia to what, the national championship game last year. Literally, it wasn't even a second left on the clock. They just came up short in overtime. And then yeah, I started thinking about it. And I was like, wait a second. Where have I seen this before? <laughs> because yeah, it's really what happened at Bama last year. That's, yeah. And I honestly think, I mean, I don't want to say, I mean, I think Tua will be great. But these two are, are probably rated higher than Jalen and, and Tua. Yeah, they're, they're they're pretty close in terms. I mean, and Hertz was a little bit lower on on that scale compared yeah. to compared to those two. But it's probably accurate. It's it's weird that like so Fromm kind of got. I think Fromm got a lot of flack from you know opposing defenses, and it seemed like it was a weekly occurrence in the SEC where some defensive back or some defensive coordinator would call him out and basically say, "Yeah, he's not doing anything special." I think it was Florida that called him out, and then he only threw seven passes that that game, and it's like. All right, you're hating on a kid who's really, really good, and he's doing everything that George is asking, asking him. him to do. Exactly, right. and that's the key: is that Jim Chaney, I think, kind of added more and more onto his plate as the season progressed, and we saw because he was 18 years old, and that's how you do that. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. 
And I was, I was one of the people that was like, I mean, he's not that impressive. He was, he was only 8 of 13 against, or he's like 8 of 12 against Mississippi State for like 200 yards. I remember like, he's not even doing that much. He's not even throwing the ball. Like he barely that the flea ball. Flicker, the flea flicker for opening, on the first play, opening play. That was ridiculous. That was insane. But like, and then you watch him in the Bama game and like, people forget about this. Bama's, Bama's down 13-0. Tua comes in that second drive, has that big play or whatever, and like they end up going down scoring a touchdown. The next series, Fromm drops just an absolute dime in on the other side, or the other hash to the opposite side of the field, like on a 65-yard pass. Just absolutely perfect throw for like an 80-yard touchdown. I'm confident that when Jake Fromm comes out and goes to the NFL that that play even as a true freshman will be on it it was that oh, yeah. kind of throw it was that kind it, of throw and Justin Fields is probably a phenomenal athlete I know he's a great baseball player coming out of high school and all that kind of stuff and you know there there's some people say he you know he might have uh, a decision to make if he gets drafted if, if it's very high regardless they're gonna have to find a way to put him in and George is gonna be up by plenty of points in plenty of games to where he'll get a chance to play but yeah I mean what Fromm did last year was incredible he looked great it, it absolutely was, and you know, third in the SEC in passer rating, and I think people might forget that in the SEC championship and in the Rose Bowl, he he, he threw it was like seventy two percent passing combined for like three hundred ninety three right passing yards and like four touchdowns. Like he was he was awesome. He had he one bad good. game, and the bad yeah. game was at Auburn, which right. I don't know if you guys noticed, they're pretty tough to beat at home. Yeah, I mean he so was that, in that game. Then he beat the Heisman Trophy winner as a freshman. Right. I mean in. Everybody's going to want to talk about, well, George is going to look so different because no Nick Chubb and no Sonny Michelle, but like they're still loaded at tailback and they're still, that their, run game's their gonna offense be better. still going to be great. It, it could be, oh, that's a hot take. That's I mean, really just they're take. bringing in, I know he tore his ACL last year, but they're bringing the number one running back in the country and they, all, they already have Swift. That kid is going to be an absolute stud. I said this on the Facebook Live earlier. I think he's going to be better than, than Chubb and Michelle. Like he, he's incredible. He has size and speed. He's bigger than both those guys, I think. At least he looks bigger. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, you have like the other, like the five stars, Amir White coming in. I think they're, they, the biggest part that Georgia didn't have last year, in my opinion, was the offensive line. Well, I, I, I would tend to disagree with that. And I, I would say that their offensive line got steadily better and better and better. Right. And the numbers kind of reflected that. And I did a piece on it in the middle. This is shameless plug. There it is. Um, yeah, you knew it was coming. Um, middle of the season, I mean, the pro, I did a sort of pro football focus and how their offensive line, like, they were just dominating. Like, Chubb was getting, like, three or four yards before he was even touched. touched. Yeah. And, I mean, his yards before contact were insane. So I agree I mean, with I would, that, but they're also, uh, now that they're, and they were great last year. I'm not saying that they weren't good because of what they, you know, look at the numbers, but who they're bringing in, they're bringing in the number one offensive guard in the country. They're, I think they're right. bringing in, like, the top one or two offensive tackle in the country. Like, they are going to be good for years to come, and they're they're not. This is not even a reloading thing. They're just getting better and better up front. Right, and the the big question I think with Georgia is is not necessarily on the offensive side of the ball. I'm I'm more interested in what's what's going to happen with their linebacker position because that that in my opinion was the backbone of that team last year. And you lose a guy like Roquan Smith, yeah. who's the defensive player of the year, Lorenzo Carter, Davin Bellamy. Humble yourself. Um, you know, your, your best returning linebacker, maybe, you know, Natris Patrick, which Kirby Smart came out um, today and said that uh, all signs point to him being able to come back. And he's, oh, you know, good. He, he had the, you know, the, the drug issues with, you know, the suspension in the postseason. No, and all suspensions. That stuff. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, multiple suspensions. But like, you know, I, I, I wonder like how that unit's going to look. I think, I think there's still plenty of talent there. It's just, it's, it's a lot to replace. They're replacing three guys in the secondary, like DeAndre Baker's back, J.R. Reed. You know, can they make that secondary a strength, especially after the way they finished the season? You know, it's obviously the last play of the year, maybe not the best look for the Georgia secondary. Kirby Smart's probably hasn't slept a wink, um, knowing that that's his forte and that's what yeah. he does. And so I mean, there there are those questions uh, with Georgia. I think the schedule still is like really favorable, and people are gonna people get caught up in the schedule in the spring because that's that's what we do. We have a long time to talk about this stuff, but um, it maybe it could be a good schedule for a rebuilding team. Got to get over that hump. Week two against South Carolina at South Carolina. That's going to be a good one. But other than that, schedule is extremely favorable. You don't have like a road showdown at Notre Dame or anything like that. And year three for the Kirby Smart era is going to be extremely interesting. Will he take this big step up? Will he do what Saban did what and win title up? in year three? Like, 
I know. The, the, well, there's not much 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 of a step to go. But he in took my a hell opinion, of a step last year. I mean, like he did. He went from the he Belk did. Bowl to the national championship. Right. And I should preface that by saying a step up, in my opinion, is just showing that you can do it again. Right. And that's what separates Saban and and even Urban Meyer from from the rest. And it's going to be guys tough for him to do that in the SEC East. <sighs> oh gosh, that schedule is favorable, really favorable. Yeah, Georgia Tech is the big non-conference showdown. So they, they they run they run that high school offense. So it'll be tough to stop that. Yeah, they had a really tough. time I don't think anybody in Georgia year. even cares about football right now. Anyway, they got the Tom Crean man. You got all these peaches and cream shirts coming out. Oh man, yeah. I okay. Let me. I could tell you, I could go on for days about Tom. Oh Crane. yeah, I, our I IU grad right here in the years. house. I experienced 10 years of Tom Crean. I know about it all too well. Georgia fans, get ready for him to be totally amped up all the time. He's going to run the fastest-paced offense you've ever seen. He's not gonna, Unlike Kirby Smart, he's not going to play any defense. And he's going to be extremely energetic, and he's actually, I think, going to be a good long-term fit if he can just like calm down. And that's what I need to do that's, talking about this. He, the only memory up. I ever have of Tom Crean is that game is early in the season against Kentucky where IU was playing Kentucky at home. And Kentucky hit a shot, like a three or something like that, to go up with like five seconds to go. IU comes down, it's packed house. This is like supposed to be their return to glory at IU. Which, oh, I was which covering apparently this game. is a top ten job in basketball. Oh, yes. Yeah, it absolutely is. That's crazy to me. But anyway, so those pants are stupid. Those pregame pants are dumb. I'm just going to throw that out Don't there. hate on the candy stripe pants. Those Please are, those are the worst. That, he looks like carnival tents everywhere. That is a trash rant that you can anyway, save for another podcast. Anyway, so... IU comes out and they win and they hit this huge shot. The whole place erupts. They beat Kentucky. It's, Watford for the win. It's an epic. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it, it won an SB that year. Did it really? Yeah. And, oh, yeah and, I was there. I was covering that game. Like I. I that's is, awesome. Yeah. So, so like, I, but everyone there was like, yes, yes, and they show Tom Crean and he's just like physically ill, like about to throw up on someone. Yeah. Like, oh, you. That is disgusting. It was hilarious. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. That that moment. If Georgia fans ever get to experience a moment like that. Um, say, say, absolutely savor it because those are few and far between. Georgia football almost got that. Yeah, moment, maybe but. Tom Crean can help with that cover two defense. Sorry, that was the last oh, one. That was mean. That was mean. That was mean. We're talk- my friend Kyle. I'm projecting. I'm sorry. <laughs> we're going to talk about another guy who made the Big Ten to SEC jump, but we're going to get back to football here. Um, <laughs> we're going to talk a little Joe Moorhead because he had a great quote, and he's going to have so many great quotes. I've been yeah. saying this for a while. <laughs> Joe Moorhead at Mississippi State is going to be absolutely electric. He is going to have such some some really good little sound bites here and there. That's just what he does. So he's talking about his offense and spring football and all that stuff. And uh, he said that he runs a Chipotle offense. Oh. Here was the exact quote. He's like, sometimes I refer to our offense as the Chipotle offense. There's not a ton of ingredients, but there's a ton of mixing and matching going on. So he said this on the Solid Verbal podcast. He's like, perfect. You have you have a few things to hang your hat on and through different tags and RPO aspects, you can change the presentation and make it look like you are doing more than you actually are. Um, so which kid wouldn't want to play in the Chipotle offense? Because if you don't like Chipotle, get out of my life forever. I mean, that just I'm going to say that now. Chipotle is incredible. Everyone loves Chipotle. This is a perfect, a perfect way to put it. But he also, I do, I do have to say, I love Moe's. I love burritos. Moe's is overrated. So is Chipotle a little bit. It's all they have is guac. Nah, they don't even eat the pay for chips year. and salsa, and the salsa sucks. That yeah, being said, I love that yeah. he actually brought all that into his own quote. He's like, "Yeah, it kind of looks like you're doing more than you actually are," because it does look yeah. like Chipotle's doing more than they actually are. That's that's a good point. I I like that reference, and I I think that's such a good little recruiting tactic to use. I'm surprised that more more coaches don't refer to that. I mean, if you could just know somebody as the guy who runs the Chipotle offense, yeah. like. Oh my gosh! How has nobody thought? I think I think Joe Moorhead is a little bit ahead of his time. Um, do would, football pro- real quick. Do football programs have Chipotle's in their facility? Like, is that, that started? That somebody Clemson will put it in. They got a damn nap room and a slide. Like, they should definitely have one of those mini golf course too, don't they? Wait, what? I'll, I think what? they have a mini golf course. I've got a year of eligibility left, Connor. You need to use it wisely. Sir. Yeah, where am I taking my five trips? Well, I don't know. Alabama needs a grad transfer quarterback. So I'm not going to Alabama to play there. quarterback. <laughs> Screw that. Yeah. Anyway, no, I if if Chip, they don't have Chipotle's, I know there was that one kid that went to Auburn because he didn't think Clemson had a Chick Fil A. That's a fair reason not to go. They somewhere. had several Chick Fil A's, as okay, does well, every town in the South. It's like yeah. it's not like one of those like real, real small Southern towns that has like just a Hardee's and like a Popeyes and then like a Kmart and that's it. So 
if, if you can get, I mean, we had, so when I was in school, we had a, a Chick-fil-A in our library and that was like a big deal. Nice. And I'll be honest, that was like a big selling point. I didn't, I hadn't discovered Chick-fil-A yet to its fullest abilities. Oh, man. Um, so that was kind of a, a freshman move on my part. But I'm, it got me to thinking like, why aren't coaches using this and getting all these like big time franchises to come into their place? Like Kirby Smart, just have a Waffle House in your facility. Okay, I mean, what you're doing right now is incredible. This is, yeah. I'm revel. I'm we changing the game. We can't keep giving away this free advice to people. No, I think. Well, I mean, they're going to subscribe, hopefully, and then they'll get free advice week after yeah, week after week, and then fair. our number thirty-six will rise, yeah. and everybody gets paid. So, so far this year, we've told Jalen Hurts to become a kicker. We've convinced Kirby Smart now to get a Waffle House and put in the facilities. I mean, yeah, that's that's. Les Miles is Les Miles is movie career. movie career. That's about a big that. one. Um, um, the TV show with Les and Brett Bielema eating lunch together. Yeah. Just hot takes, not hot takes at a Chipotle. I tell you what, if there's any, I'm trying to think of like what other, what other restaurants and fast food joints would fit in like the SEC. I would say Chick Fil A. I like Vandy, but like Vandy, or I like Moe's, but like Vandy would be the Moe's offense because there's like there's nothing more depressing than that third Welcome to Moe's because it just slowly goes downhill when you walk in. It's like Welcome to Moe's, Welcome to Moe's, and the last, last person's like, What do you want, dude? Do they just, say that at Moe's? Welcome to Moe's. Yes. God, come on, Connor. Oh, man, that shows you how many times I've been into a Moe's. <laughs> Moe's is fantastic. You have $5 burrito Mondays. Oh, hard pass. <laughs> uh, give me Chick-fil-A all day. Um, Two totally so, separate things. Real quick, power rank the fast food chains that you would, that would convince you to come to a specific school. Chick-fil-A, because I think Saban can get them uh, to stay open on Sundays. Um, Chick-fil-A that's open on Sunday instead of Saturday in Tuscaloosa. Boom. If I'm a player. That would change, if I'm that a player. Would change the game. Yeah. yeah, that would be a wise move. You're so close for one day. Um, anyway, let's see what else. Um, ooh, this is tough. You put me on the spot here. I'm definitely gonna uh, say yeah. that. I'll say Chick Fil A. I'll say I'm gonna say Moe's over uh, over what do you call it? Over Chipotle. That's a trash. Tip. I love Chipotle. But I'm just saying, cookout definitely because I, I I'm you know I like to go out on Saturday nights and that's where I like to have my fourth meal. We'll you call think? it. Uh, <laughs> and then after that, um, Gusto, which is an Atlanta thing that I love a lot. That's all I got. Real relatable. That, uh, people know that. People know nah. Gusto. All right, my top three then. Chick-fil-A. Us Yankees don't know that. Okay. Chick, you live in Orlando. Chick-fil-A. I know. I'm in a bubble. I'm not in the South. Orlando has a big bubble around it to, to prevent it from actually being in the South. Yeah, obviously. That's why they call themselves national champions of things they didn't go to. We'll get to that later. Yeah, we will. Anyway, that's my power three. What's your power three? Uh, Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A. Yeah, that's also fair. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> uh, a guy that we haven't been able to talk about in a little while, but I don't think we've ever talked about him on this podcast. <laughs> it's probably a little bit overdue. But Treon Harris, uh, former Florida quarterback, is also doing the Devontae Smith thing and changing positions in the spring. As it turns out, he is moving. This is, okay, so I should have prefaced this. That was that was mean to like throw that in there. Yeah, like if I was you guys get don't know who Treon Harris is. Um, this this little segment I like to call "Did You Know?" Yes. Um, so did you know that Treon Harris moved to wide receiver at Tennessee State? I didn't know Treon Harris a was still alive or b was at Tennessee State. Haven't wow. thought about him in years. Since 2015, when he played quarterback in. You know, tried to sub in for Will Greer, and it was just Florida. Back when McIlwain was running that high-powered offense at Florida. Explosive, explosive offense. offense. Let's let's not get our words mixed up here. It's, it was explosive, <laughs> according to his Michigan bio. Um, did you know Tennessee State's mascot? Mm, Titans. That's not a bad guess. You're actually really close. Trions. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be really good. It's a good recruiting tactic. Could you do that as a as a as a program? Say that we're just going to change, like what? Let's let's say like number one recruit in the country. You just say to him like you're a small school. You're like we will literally name our school after you. We'll we'll change everything for you. Yeah. To come well, Tennessee to this place. State, to be fair, is not like that's a proud alumni and a proud school because it's a very it's a it HBCU is. in Nashville, right? Uh, I believe so. You yeah. know that better than I would. I went to Middle Tennessee State, and I I could tell right. you their mascot is a damn blue unicorn horse named lightning so hopefully it's not that no it's not they they went a little bit in a little bit different direction um it, it's actually the tigers so you were close with oh titans. that was so yeah. titans you idiot Chris. yeah that was dumb famous um, 
fun fact. Did you know uh, which stats that ESPN lists for Tennessee State? If you go to the, the Tennessee State page on ESPN, their what stat top do they list? finishes uh, from their marching band. Close. I got nothing. Three point shots. Okay. They they only list kicker, kicking stats. This sounds like any... my kind of school as a Bama fan. I think it does. Let's, yeah, does. go on. I'm I'm here. So they they don't have any receivers, you know, passer rushing, all, none of that stuff. It's just kicking stats. If you go to the, if you're listening to this podcast, How you go to the Tennessee possible? State ESPN um, are ESPN they really page. good? Uh, no, I don't even think their kickers are particularly good. I just found it funny when I was doing research yeah. for this exact segment. It's just like that made all I could like find twenty through thirty stats. yards, like eight of thirteen. 30 yeah. through 40 yards, like one for eight. <laughs> what? I don't, yeah, I don't think they were particularly good, but they were um, they were in there, needless to say. Um, did you know who, or maybe I should be saying, do you know? Yeah. Do you know <laughs> who Tennessee State opens 2018 with? Why did you say who? Like, who? I don't so know. The family was, guy, the cool heap. I should say woo. I will say it is Lipscomb. No, it's an SEC school. Uh, Vanderbilt. Boom. Yeah, that was good. They're both in Nashville. Really I, I, do you know that I didn't cheat when you sent these uh, questions over earlier today? Which maybe that should have been what I did, since that's what we're like supposed a to be doing. Peek behind the curtain, yeah. we actually do talk about these topics before we come on. on maybe the podcast. I should, may, I just made myself sound unprepared instead of the, like. No, I think I, you, you I made yourself to, sound prepared a little yeah, bit. And that integrity. You had, You're welcome. Didn't want to cheat. You, you had the discipline to hold yourself back to know that I was going to ask you these things. That's right. I appreciate that. That's I answered what being one a good right. co-host is all about. That was really good. I'm I'm impressed with you. We you should do Tennessee State trivia more often next podcast. Every podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. Tennessee State has like I was looking through their roster. They have like eight former like guy, like guys who played at big time colleges. And I think isn't they that won where six games last year? Isn't that where Makai Brown's going? Uh, I think so. I mean, they got like. Clemson and Alabama, like they have, I mean, a decent representation of some big time schools in there. And I was like, you guys should be better than six wins at an FCS Don't program. Hate on Tennessee State. It's Tennessee I'm not State. hating on Tennessee State. They have great I'm basketball. On, they were in. The, I'm pretty I'm, sure they were in the tournament a couple years ago. Almost positive. Isn't that, Maybe wasn't it was the East Tennessee State. Yeah, MTSU. Nah, damn it. Yeah. Anything's better than MTSU. I'll say that. Yeah. Um. Ooh. Wow. That's where I went. I'm allowed to say it. Yeah, that's true. All right. We're, you were just talking basketball. We got to recap. We're going to recap some, some NCAA tournament stuff real quick. I promise we will get to one. We have an, another couple little tiny nuggets from spring football that we're going to get to, but got to talk some NCAA tournament. Um, I don't know about this you. This is I'm, March. This is March. Oh, that's trademarked, actually. Oh, or, sorry. Uh, it's it's in the process. Um, <laughs> actually, we say like everything on the show. Yeah, who cares? Trademarked. Except for bad um, words. Yeah. We bleep those out. We don't have to bleep, bleep out trademarks, I don't think, yet. Uh, the NCAA tournament was absolutely nuts opening weekend. Um, massive upsets galore. I mean, I, I don't know about you. I watched like 30 hours of basketball. I'm still pretty like basketball hungover. Um, just from watching nonstop, you're not. You're, you're shaking your head now. I had such a great time. The, up, the ups and downs, not only with my gambling, but also with the, the just the way the tournament went. Was it just, oh, I felt alive. Total lives, Connor. It was a wild weekend, so everybody knows, you know, by now, you know, Virginia, of course, becomes the first one seed to ever lose. Um, UMBC uh, takes over the world, not only on the court, but their Twitter accounts. It was absolutely amazing. They, their um, Twitter, that was fire. Just absolute unreal. heat coming out of there. Yeah, so I'm, I was kind of wondering if they're their social media guy he's done a lot of stuff like he did some, something with the athletic and he's done a few things since then like yeah he's gonna have explain. a graduate transfer job somewhere at d1 yeah dude's gonna get paid so is that that coach as well he's about to get a lot of yeah. money um so you know they had all these upsets arizona gets just blown out by buffalo as well um stunning i mean to see the way that arizona just basically stopped trying with all those nba guys <laughs> Um, and then you have, you know, number one seed Xavier goes down. Um, Michigan State falls to the last team in the tournament, Syracuse. And you're just kind of like, like what, what, what did I just watch? How is your it bracket? Um, so I got a sick brag coming up. I went to do dishes in the middle of Sunday night thinking that I was going to have all eight of my Elite Eight left. After the opening weekend, which is nuts. No chance. Like, every big upset helped me. Yeah, me too. 
So my last team that I needed to get in was Cincinnati. Son of a, don't. Oh. And then 10 minutes later, my brother texts me like, hey, Cincinnati's about to blow this. And I flip on the TV, watch the last minute, and Cincinnati, don't you know it, just completely falls apart. Nevada's a tough team. I'll, I'll give Nevada some credit. They, that is an They were 26 and 7. They're, I'm, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they impressed me. I didn't even pick them to win against Texas. But. Me neither. I had Texas beating Cincinnati, though. That, so, no, if so facto, I'm a genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're really smart. So, yeah, my bracket actually worked out pretty well. I've got seven of my eight Elite Eights still alive. I think I so have six of, of my final four. I, the, so, the, my ups and downs were both emotional. Uh, just, well, just actually, they were only emotional. Um, we had Bama win on Thursday night, which was pretty cool. Uh, I, I was texting you all day. Of just the, yes, the gambling, The gambling takes, I was so fired up about. Because I decided to take a first-round parlay of every single SEC team that played on Thursday and another one of every SEC team that played in the first round, if they all won and or covered. All right? So, so tell us what your parlay was, because you started out at, you bet what, this was a $5 that it was, would have it was turned a, into... I did a $10 to win like like 75 or something like that the first day, which is like Kentucky, Bama, Tennessee to cover like, a, like 10 and a half points and then something else. I forgot the other team. They play. Oh, Florida. Florida win, even okay. though they were not a dog. All of them win. So I hit that parlay. So then I was like, oh my gosh, I've got an eight-team parlay that I've hit the first four that's set up. Not to mention, on Thursday, I won about 250 overall, which was good for me. Not bad. Sick brag. And was 15-1. and one, And I was in the 99.8th percentile on my bracket on ESPN. Wow. Yeah. I was on top of the world, Connor. And then, and then I followed that up by going seven and nine in round two, losing three hundred and fifty dollars the next nice. day. And then um, I had the eighteen parlay, which was like if every SEC team would have won. So I had Texas A&M beating Providence. They won. I'm like five for five. Let's do this. Texted you, and then the next thing I get from you is like, "Sorry, it had to end, bro," <laughs> because Butler yeah, was and Arkansas kill. was the sixth game, and Butler comes out on a twenty-one to two run. Next thing you know, it's 29 to 29. And I was all jacked up. And then they lost and everything yeah, was ruined. And the next day, Bama got just trounced by Villanova. And somebody that called themselves the Michael Jordan of Delaware, which really that I love cut that. to the That's core of me. Cool. I was not, not happy about that. And then yeah. I won money that day, though. Then Sunday, one more. Felt great. I, then things went south. Like A&M beat UNC, which was awesome for the SEC. Kentucky, I have Kentucky in the in the finals. They're coming to Atlanta this weekend, and then uh, I hate to wait, say wait, this. wait, wait, back up. You said last week that you didn't have Kentucky going to no, go, until I heard Kentucky. about the injury at Virginia. Because remember, I told you I finished my bracket. I had Virginia and Kansas in the in the finals, and then as I'm walking in here to record the Facebook Live and then do our our uh, our podcast, I almost called it Comcast, our podcast, I hear on ESPN breaking news. Virginia star is injured. He was like the ACC sixth man of the year. And I was like, what? So I changed everything and put Kentucky in the finals. Then so I, you were, then you I were lost smart $180 then. on the NIT last night. Yeah, that's that's a low point in life. Yeah, um, that's rock bottom. So uh, hopefully your bracket turned out better than uh, Chris's gambling debts. Um, <laughs> but the SEC did tie a record with six teams winning in the first round. Um, then, you know... Arkansas and Missouri were the only blemishes in the first round. Then, of course, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, and Tennessee all bow out in different ways in round two, which meant that only the two the two, the two teams that are left are Kentucky and Texas A&M, two teams that people kind of question whether or not they were even going to make the tournament a few right. weeks ago, um, two teams that have been really up and down all year, but that's kind of fitting for the SEC. Um, and, and I so, love, I love the fact, I had so much hate on Texas A&M last week. I had so much hate because that's who Bama opened with the SEC tournament and all sorts of stuff. I loved watching them just dismantle UNC. So we got a sick brag coming up here. Um, so I I had picked uh, Texas a I know you guys really care about my bracket so much. Um, I had picked Texas A&M to lose in the first round of Providence, and you know that didn't happen. Texas A&M proved me wrong. So I'm sitting there watching the game on Friday, and I'm thinking to myself. My gosh, they pound people inside. Tyler Davis, Tyler Robert Davis Williams, is such beast. a space eater. He's so good. He just he's crafty. I mean, it's kind of a lost art in today's day and age. Yeah. But I'm watching this and I'm thinking, 
oh my gosh, they're they're gonna kill UNC. Like they're gonna yeah. dominate them. And th- because UNC doesn't play with a lot of post guys, they start Luke May, and it's like nobody else in the post that they play besides him. And they just like to get up and down. And if Texas A&M just stays disciplined and they play in the half court and they don't start chucking threes and having TJ Starks do dumb right. things, they're gonna actually be in really good shape. So I write that on on Friday, and you know I, I even said like I compared it to the South Carolina Duke thing last year where. You know, Coach K came out of that game thinking, saying South Carolina was the most physical team that we saw all year. And I said in the article, I'm like, Roy Williams, I could easily picture him saying the same exact thing after right. getting just physically dominated by Texas A&M. And then that's exactly what happened. Tyler and Davis, man. Good God. Wow. It was incredible. He, I mean, he A&M, There's nothing about him when you look at him that's like, that kid can take over a basketball game. And then you watch him play. It, there was at one point he got up and got an offensive rebound against UNC and ball faked, goes up, or like pump fakes, I guess ball fakes is actually probably the correct thing, and pump gets Luke May in the, in the air, does it again, and there's like two more guys to go up. He's got three people around him, and then just somehow, like up and under, lays it in for two, and there's like, there's three guys literally towering around him, and he still got up. Still got the rebound over him, and then still also put up two points. It was, they were incredible to watch on Sunday. And like, they started pulling away. Keep in mind, they were down six early. Like yeah. in that game, it was like nineteen to thirteen or something like that, and then, and then next thing you know, freaked. just absolutely, just, just, and never looked back, yeah. never looked back. It was incredible. And another windmill dunk from from Robert Williams, second Ooh. windmill dunk, um, pretty sweet. I'm hoping that we get to see one more windmill dunk at yeah. least. Um, and so Kentucky now, looks good too. And Kentucky looks real good. And now all of a sudden, that 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 region that looks so good that Calipari was saying, like, yeah, of course we get put up in the region that's got all the right. dominant teams. That's what I was talking about last week. <laughs> right. They're, they're the top seed left. And now, you know, they've got, okay, you got to beat Kansas State, Bruce Weber. Um, and then you got to beat, you know, potentially Loyola or Nevada. And, you know, I, I just gave Nevada some praise, so I think I'm off the hook here. But, like, how are any of those three teams going to stay on the floor with, with Kentucky? I don't know. If only somebody would have picked them to win the uh, win their their region and then get to the Final Four in the National Championship game. Also had Gonzaga coming from the West, so no big deal. Well, I still think, so So the two teams, you know, two SEC teams that are left, each have, you know, very different rows. Kentucky, I think if you're not picking Kentucky to make the Final Four at this point, you're either a contrarian, a Kansas State fan, a Sister Jean fan, so who's or not Nevada a Sister fan. Jean fan? Uh, uh, apparently, uh, well, we'll skip to that. We'll skip that discussion. But yeah, there's apparently a couple people who aren't Sister Jean fans. What? But we here on this here podcast are big Sister Jean fans. I just, all about I it. love how, how much year old. swag she had. This being a like nine so year much. old nun or some of some sort. Ninety eight. Got the record show. Ninety eight. She looks great for ninety eight. I hope I am wheeling around like like she is. When Sister I'm Jean, if you're listening and my girlfriend's not, hit me up. That's all I'm gonna say. Love it. Yeah. Um, so Texas A&M's road is a little bit different than Kentucky's. I think Kentucky, I'd be very surprised if they didn't come out, um, you know, with, with the right mindset and make it to a final four. A&M's got a much tougher road in my opinion. I said all those things about UNC and how they matched up well. Michigan defends a whole lot better than UNC does on the inside. And they're going to be a tougher matchup in my opinion. They could have lost think, both their opening, their both their first and second round games though. They could have, but they had, they had the two week break. You shake the rust off a little bit. I still have Michigan in the national championship. And I know that, that sounds weird. I know that sounds weird after looking what they did the opening weekend. But I just You're think that the past... You're such a northerner. No, 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 no. Let, let, no, 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 no. I'm not going to let you throw the Yankee take. Yeah, that's a Yankee this. take. You have Michigan. That's not a Yankee Because they take. won their last 10 games in the regular season. And then, but they had a week. Well, I'm not, you know what? I, we did it last week about basketball. We're not going to do it again. I'm just going to say you're wrong. And if, right. and if, I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you right now. If Michigan makes it to the final four, makes it to the final four, I will, I'll pull a Jim Harbaugh and I'll go out in the city of Atlanta with some pleated khakis and no shirt and throw a football around Piedmont Park. Love it. I'm gonna need video of that when that, that happens. It'll be. We'll put it up on SDS if that happens. All right, we got a deal. Um, if Kentucky makes it to the Final Four, I will not do any of that because that is what we expect to happen. Yes. So I need predictions from you. I need a revised Final Four. Who you think is gonna make the Final Four? Who you think is gonna make the national championship? All right. Who's gonna win it? I don't need a revised Final Four because my Final Four is still intact. I've got Kentucky. I've got Gonzaga. I've got Villanova. If I was gonna make a revision, I have Kansas winning it all. Like we talked about, I hate it. I'll take Duke over Kansas. Okay. I've got uh, similar. I've got Michigan Michigan facing Kentucky. And then on the other side, um, I've got Villanova and Duke. And then in the championship, I've got Villanova beating Michigan. 
Yet you revise, yeah. I would take. That's, I would no, take. Nova. That's, that's basically the same. The same that I had before. I have three. The only team that that I didn't have in my final four was Kentucky. I had Kentucky in the Elite Eight. Yeah. I had Cincinnati in the final four. They puked on themselves. What an idiot. Yeah. Um, okay. Enough college. We we're football guys talking football college guys. basketball. Let's get back to our bread Strong and butter. Side. Left side. There it is. Uh, we're a little bit out of our element, but back in our element. Nothing can bring us back like some rat poison, and we've oh, got some rat poison. God. Um, ESPN's Chris Lowe came out with a tremendous story on Nick Saban. If you guys haven't read it, you absolutely should. Not an easy guy to get to like sit down and get some different things out of him. Or be um, like Casey knows. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, but there, there were just like some great nuggets, some great rat poison nuggets that came out of this, this fantastic piece by Chris Lowe. Um, the one that jumped out to me, you're going to love this. So Nick Saban last lost to an unranked team in 2007. Yeah, losing Monroe, I get it. And that was when Tua was in second grade. Really? I am old. Second that is... grade. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is um, gonna. Was... We sound like such. I'll just I'll, to be fair to Connor, I'm the Bama homer. This is not. We. I didn't plan this. This is Connor. No, I planned this because I love seeing you react to rat poison. Oh rat poison yeah, that's a very good point. This is gonna get yeah. me on a rant. Here we go. Yeah. So you're really old, um, Nick Saban. <laughs> Nick Saban is uh, going on a decade now without having lost to an unranked team. So get this. The last time he lost to a team outside of the top 15 was, can you get this? Last top 15 would be Ole Miss 2014. No, Ole Miss was in the top 15. Were they really? Mm -hmm. Shouldn't have been. That's stupid. Um, Last top 15 team we lost to? Outside of the top 15. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Hold on. Give me a second on this. Can you give me the year? That'll probably give it away for me. 2010. Oh, LSU. South Carolina. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Oh, that was awful. That was the first well, uh, first game out of six in a row we had to play uh, yeah. against teams that had a week off where they played us. It's a bunch of BS. Yeah, Alshon Jeffrey. not too happy about Steven that. Steven Garcia went 18 of 20. How drunk I, could he have been to have gone 18 of 20? Shout out to Steven Garcia. He's the man. We know he's listening. I love Steven he's, Garcia. He's a good dude. He's, he's a friend of SDS. I used, to, I used um, to work at the Vista. I used to see him all the time. So, Steven, if you're listening, you're one of my favorite customers I ever had. He's definitely listening. Um, so a little stat to go off of that. How crazy of a stat that is that um, Alabama has not lost to a team outside of the top 15 since 2010. So in that same exact stretch, Ohio State has lost 10 such games outside of the top 15. Oklahoma, 13. Florida State, 20. Clemson, 21. Huh? USC, 26. What about Tennessee State? Um, nine hundred twenty-five thousand. <laughs> that's messed up, man. Yeah, um, all the games. That's yeah. Not, you're not. I mean, you're telling me things. They're making me feel better about two injury, but I mean, it's a lot of rat poison. A lot of rat poison. I've got one more dose of rat poison for you. So, um, this this quote that Chris Lowe got from Steve Spurrier is one of my oh, favorite quotes God. of the past year. So Spurrier said, um, "Nick ain't thinking about retiring. Not even close." He can go, and I, I should be doing a Spurrier imitation. Um, shout out to Matt. Can Stinchcomb. you do that? He's a really good. Matt Stinchcomb does a real, former Georgia great, former Parkview Panther, just like me. Exactly. He does a tremendous Steve Spurrier. If you've never gotten him to do a Steve Spurrier imitation, he's done it on the SDS podcast before. But is it Matt or John that. that does it? Uh, Matt does it. Maybe John does it too. I think it's Matt John. Matt Matt's, Matt was the younger one. He sat on me one no. time. Matt. Oh. That's His mom was the school nurse, and I had a stomachache. He saw me have a Bama hat on, and he was like, oh, I'll tell you what your problem is. And then he sat on me, and I was like, all right, I'll just go back to class. This yeah, is the worst. Matt's, Matt's a good dude. He's also listening. We know yeah, that. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, so Spurrier said that uh, Nick ain't thinking about retiring, not even close. He can go into his 70s easy, and I think he will. I told him he won't retire until he loses three games in a season. He told me, if I ever lose three games around here again, they might kill me. <laughs> I think I think he was joking, but I'm not sure. No, he definitely wasn't kidding. They, they, no, he was fans kidding. Would, would be, I, I thought he was going to say something more crass and say he would kill himself because he, he just doesn't stand for that kind of thing. Because no. it, it's only happened once. It's only happened once, and it was it was uh, 2010. So, well, yeah, it's happened I mean, twice, I guess, 2006 and then. 2007 kind of counts, six. I guess. No, 2007, yeah. No, it's, yeah, 2006 wasn't there yet. Yeah, you're right. Um, Bad Bama fan. Yeah, true. No, that's... So, I hope I hope he's there forever, obviously. I think he'll definitely go into his 70s. Because he's, like, one of those guys that, like, he won't know what to do with himself if he retires. He, oh, I mean, I like, he just won't know what to do... And Miss Terry's not going to put up with that. She's not going to deal with him being around the house that much. He's going to be no. miserable the whole time. Yeah. And I'll tell you another thing. 
at this point, we're never going to match the success unless he's there. So just even if he does pass away, like put him down there on strings on the sideline and just let him still, like he has to be there. I can't, I can't not have Saban. Poor Chris. Poor Chris. All right, we've got, uh, we've got our favorite segment, and sorry, we got one more, one more Alabama reference for you. I know this has been a bad happy I didn't plan this. It's all you. I, I planned this. I planned it's this. It's not even my birthday not, yet. It was not supposed to be just, uh, I know we got a lot of Bama stuff in this, but all the breaking news that stuff happened before, had to get that It was stuff supposed to be a Georgia podcast. <laughs> but this was, this was going to make it in regardless. Uh, it's time for It Might Mean Too Much, and nothing says that more than Alabama AD Greg Byrne um, after the Alabama women won the NIT game against UCF, one twenty bucks t- on it. He, t- oh my gosh. I'm kidding. He, t- <laughs> roll tie. He tweets, "Great win today over UCF for Alabama women's basketball. We're not ready to make it more than it was and schedule a Disney parade. Dot dot dot. But we'll definitely take it. Hashtag roll tide. Um, so then." You know, everybody, of course, tweets at him like, dude, you're above this. Why are you saying that? Blah, 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 whatever. So UCF AD Danny White comes out and he says, well, um, I think he tweeted this. He tweets, our our policy has been to schedule Disney parades when we win New Year's Day bowl games. We've won two in the last five years, the most recent in 2017 when we were the only undefeated team in America and national champions. If y'all want to have a parade for WNIT wins, more power to you. Love that. Do you? Do you? Because I didn't. I, love that. I didn't like it at all. It really pissed me off and really fired oh, me just up. Thinking of your face this this whole is such time. a crazy thing to have happened. Like this is like an arguing with an ex girlfriend about something because it's like they just say something and then it becomes reality and you can't defend it or fight it or anything like that. It's just like nope, said it. It's out there now. I put it in the universe. I'm so over this UCF bull crap that it is, it's so frustrating to me. And I don't know why it shouldn't be, because we won the damn national championship and had the trophy to prove it, but these, it's a commuter school. And they keep, tro- and they keep, the Bama people keep going back to this. And it's not, this isn't all UCF. Like, I, you can say that you're sick of UCF, but it's not just UCF sitting there poking the bear. Alabama's responding to this, and people like Damian Harris are still, like, have been tweeting about this as recently as like you know three or four weeks ago, and this is just, it's it's never going to die until those two get to settle it's, on the field. Oh my now gosh. I feel like that's it's, where we're at. It's, it's, yeah, and I, don't, I hope we schedule it. I really hope we do, and if we lose, I'm going to be real upset. But this is such a ridiculous thing, and it's like, it would be cute. It would be cute if they didn't mean it. If it was just like, like when, I'm trying to think of some good examples. Tulane went undefeated in 98. Didn't call themselves national champions. Utah went, went 12-0 in 2004 with Alex Smith. With Didn't Urban. call themselves yeah. national Yeah. Like, a lot of teams do this and don't call themselves national champions. Boise State never did it. Um, who else? I, I don't know. Regardless, it's a crazy thing to me that only because they, they said it at first, it was like, oh, it's cute. Like, I've seen UCF fans. I'm like, hey, national champs. Because it's not real. <laughs> it's like it's not. A, hey, Santa's real too. We can just say whatever we want. I, I'm a drag car racer. That's not how they say it. Whatever. I like. I, <laughs> I just. I'm so mad because they actually believe it, and it's driving me crazy. Real quick, what are you more triggered about, this or the Tua injury? This. Okay. <laughs> Hands down. Thumbs down. You're, Boom. You're pretty triggered about about Tua too. I'm but. really triggered about this though. That's only because Jalen did it. I know. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, another. We've got one more, a uh, little double dose of it. Might mean too much. This is pretty good too. Uh, so um, Tennessee's Rashawn Golden was at Golden. Golden? Is that a I don't know. I'm bad with pronunciation. You really are. I apologize. I really am. So um, he was at his pro day at Tennessee's pro day, and um, they, of course, he, of course, had to um, address what he told NFL teams about his two-fingered salute against Alabama. Middle fingers, guys. He's, in case you forgot, those are middle fingers. Show them at the Alabama fans. Yeah, not the best look. Um, so of course, he did it when Tennessee was down 28-7 to in the middle of the third quarter. It wasn't even his touchdown. Well, yeah, yeah, 28 he, nothing, he made yeah. it 27. Yeah, He didn't even run it back. That's the right, thing. Right. It wasn't even his touchdown. <laughs> All right, so this quote was, uh, I'm a passionate guy when I step on the field. Uh, I hate Alabama. That's just how it is. At the same time, I know there's no place in sports for that kind of thing to happen. I obviously don't want to be remembered that way at Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Too bad you did that then. 
I, you yeah, know what? Um, I thought it was hilarious. I'll be honest with you. And it's mainly because the reaction it got from the fans and how mad they got. But, like, I thought it was hilarious. Good for him. It's a great meme. Good it's for him. It's a really good meme. It is a good yeah. meme. But, like, you know what? Like, you know, at least you got your moment in the sun. Because there weren't a lot of those at, on Rocky Top in the past couple of years. So I, I'm, I'm proud of him. And I can't wait for him to be a defensive analyst one day at Alabama. Uh, intern, intern exactly. Intern, yeah. Here's hoping for that guy. Um, so we've got one more. Uh, we've got a couple, actually, a couple quick things, housekeeping things that we want to get to to wrap things up today. Um, I, I forgot to read this last week, and I should have. Yeah, this is the best it. thing that's ever been written, including Basically. your articles. Boom, roasted. Ooh, I don't mean that at all. Yeah, you know, those, I love your articles. I know you really do. You're a big supporter, and I <laughs> couldn't do this thing without you. Um, so we had. Uh, as in case you guys missed it, we had a, a glorious five-star review um, on iTunes. <laughs> this is a little shameless plug. If you guys give us five-star reviews on iTunes, and if they're really good, we like reading them on air because we're really egotistical and we like patting ourselves on the back. I was, just I just like the fact that people are like listening and responding. I wasn't, I mean, I'm egotistical for other reasons, but yeah, sure. Yeah, that, yeah, whatever. It's, it's all under the same thing. Um, so this was from Huntcliffe on iTunes, <sighs> so and good. he said. Uh, he or she, we don't know. Either Huntcliffe way, could be they were spot male, on. female. Uh, it, uh, okay. the, the human, <laughs> Just read said, it. Yeah. Uh, entertaining SEC content and hosts. It reminds me of the first time your dad lets you drink alcohol. You inevitably get a little too drunk, and your pops has to keep reeling it in to keep you from pissing off mom. Connor is the cool dad trying to tame Chris, the drunk teenager, while making, while making sure not to piss off mom, whomever their boss is. I mean, round, round Bravo. of applause. Round Bravo. of applause. I'm just, I was reading it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is hilarious. And then as I kept reading it, I was like, oh, wait. This, <laughs> I know which one I am already. This is tough. <laughs> Damn it. Thanks, Dad. Cliff nailed it, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. So I'm officially your dad, even though I'm okay. a few years younger than you. That's cool. Um, yeah, no need to know that. Um, so thank you for the five-star reviews. Give us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on air. They make us laugh. Um, I've laughed several times reading that. Um, also, shout out to our Norway listeners. We've got, apparently, uh, we had a Georgia fan from Norway who requested a decal. If you're listening to Norway, um, obviously, you're pretty, you're probably still drunk because of the Winter Olympics, so um, congrats to you. Hell yeah, brother. Uh, and if we, we got more Norway, Norwegian fans, you know, Georgia fans, Alabama fans, whoever you're a fan of in Norway, um, hit us up. We, we love sending decals to really far places. Um, and, yeah, so thank you for Not paying for that our... shipping and handling. You can just add, add that in to the order. I'm just going to throw that out there. Right. Yeah, definitely. Money doesn't um, grow on trees. No, it does not. Decals don't either. That's right. We're trying to get all those out to you guys. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing our best, our best that we can to, uh, to send those out. Um, we also want to have one more one more thing I want to say before we wrap things up, and that's a thank you to uh, our producer Will. This is his last show. Will Ogburn um, is he's got a new opportunity that he's doing in Atlanta. He has been the producer of this podcast, um, you know, for I mean as long as we've been a podcast. Yeah. And Will does a tremendous job. Took him two and a half um, months to quit. Yeah, yeah. You you come on board, and he's like, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa! He had to say it like yeah. that, but yeah, you're de- you're definitely right. That's probably is why. Just I point to facts. Um, we want to thank Will for all of his hard work, and we real quick, we want to just share one quick memory uh, that we have. You can go first because I feel like yours is going to be. Uh, no, and I'm just going to leave it at that. You, you can go first. Okay, so I have I have one and a half. How about that? First time I ever okay. met Will. First time I ever met Will. We were shooting a video series uh, in Athens, Georgia. And Will told me, I said, he goes, what do you want to do for the, like the, the video stuff? And I said, we're going to go out to dinner. We're going to film at a couple of restaurants and bars stuff like that. I got us to hook up at these places. Then afterwards, we're going to go out and you're going to follow me out the camera. We're going to go take in the Athens nightlife. Any of you ever been to the Athens nightlife? You get why we're doing that. Will said, ah, just make sure we're done by 1030 because <laughs> I have a fantasy football draft to do. And I was like, well, that's not going to happen, Will. You're going to have to put that on hold. And then we had a blast and stayed out to like three o'clock in the morning in Athens. It was fantastic. The other one was the next week, Will told me he might not make it to Tuscaloosa for the same video series. And I was like, hey, we're going to have to suck it up. We're going to have to do this, man. Like, this is, we have to do this. And he was just not feeling it, not feeling well. So he pulls it through, pulls himself together, and he shows up. And he tells me he motivated himself by listening to the Ed Reed halftime speech to get through this little chest cold he had. 
And at the time, I was like, I don't know if I am going to like this kid or hate this kid because <laughs> he just listened to like one of the best like pump-up videos of all time to get over his allergies. But I love you to death, Will. You're the man. You've been so much fun to work with, and I'm glad that you pulled through that day and every day since because you end up being a great friend and a hell of a producer. So best of luck. Hey, man. We will miss Will. Um, well, I, real quick, I you know a lot of people don't know we do, you know, also, we also do stories down south. Yeah. And Will was tremendous with, with that and putting together the Ed Odron podcast and the one that we did on IMG that we put a ton of work into yeah. that. Uh, Will and I did on the IMG one, especially in road trips back to Bradenton and all that stuff. And um, we actually, we, we did a lot of the narration while um, we were moving out of our old SDS office in Orlando and we were recording it on lawn chairs and we were just sitting in lawn <laughs> chairs in an empty office doing all this like hours and hours of narration and so much time went into that. And it was, it was tremendous and Will was so patient throughout it. Yeah, um, he's very and, patient. And Will always is so patient with us when we have that moment of panic after we, we record this audio for our <laughs> podcast and we send it to him and we're like, well, I messed it up recorded, the right? garage band again. Yeah, uh, it recorded, right? Like, we're, we're good, right? And I have that moment of panic where I wait for Will to text me back. I'm like, no, man, we're good. Yeah. And then Will stays up till like three or four in the morning putting this all together and into your ears to be able to listen for your Wednesday morning commute. We will miss Will dearly. He's done a tremendous job for us, but he's got big things ahead. We've still got big things ahead. The show will continue to go on. Um, shout out to all you new listeners. We really appreciate you yeah. guys. Make sure you're subscribing. Tell a friend about us. We're, we're kind of cool, I think, maybe. Maybe, hopefully, we'll convince you in the last hour that we're kind of cool. Um, yeah, and just, well, we, we really appreciate it. And remember the one most important thing. If you take away nothing from this, Chris, what do, what do we need our people to remember? It just means more. It just means more. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.